Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, another great Western Australian before we speak to another one. It's hump day with Swatty and friends, Samantha Richards, still away, but Dane Swan's still here on his own podcast. Hello, Dane. How you going, mate? Well, I'm well. What are you up to? Busy? Yeah, flat out. Um, <laughs> no, nah, well, what, what can we do? There's fuck all to do. I'm not allowed out of, you're only allowed out of your house for an hour a day, so um, no, nah, just woke up and excited to talk to Madge. Well, that's it. And I mentioned the Western Australian because we've got another great Western Australian as our guest friend today with Samantha away, and we're just so happy to have him. Uh, can you please introduce him? Liam Davis. Thank you. <laughs> I thought he just did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you want me to say? <laughs> say hello to him. How much do you like him? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for getting up early. Over yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sweet. Nice and early, 7 o'clock. So, uh, you did the right thing oh, getting out of here. I did. So I can get up when I want and leave the house when I want. So oh. it's, not, it's not too bad. <laughs> Makes me jealous. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, no. uh, but I did have a conversation only a couple of days ago with my family and that, how they were complaining and, and kicking up a fucking absolute storm about wearing a mask for four days. I look like, what, what the fuck? Are you... Like, <laughs> Get, get to six months. Get to yeah, know, exactly. Like months, get, to yeah. two, get to two years of wearing a mask. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, had a nice conversation with them about that shit. So, yeah. Exactly. No one's got a right to complain more than Victorians, I wouldn't have thought. Maybe New South Wales at the moment, but they haven't had it for as long as we have. But uh, Victorians have got the first right to complain about everything. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely agree. So, Leon, I put on our Instagram yesterday a photo of you and Dane with your arms around each other smiling clearly after a pies win and it went just it, it exploded with just happiness about Collingwood supporters knowing that you were part of this so what, what's what's memories of, of a uh, the arm around Swanee and, and singing us singing the Collingwood song and b knowing that a decade after you're playing the, the Collingwood uh, faithful still love you that much um 
I think that was after a game. That might have been after a 2K time trial that we just survived. <laughs> so it might have been. Yeah. Uh, we'll, get we've, we've exactly. we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Brother, yeah. Brother, we've made we it. Some we've, big... we've finished it. We've completed yeah. it. We had some good battles down the back. Oh, dead last and down the back. Yeah. We, we finished it. And Mick sort of gave us a little bit of a nod, I reckon. And, yeah. Uh, you got Ma- yeah, yeah. You might, you might go... actually get a game now. You completed the 2K. <laughs> yeah. Leon would go past me. And I'd go, fuck, man. Just calm down. And then I'd go past him. <laughs> then he'd go past me. Then I'd go past him. Then it'd be a. A, a shuffle to the end with about yeah. 200 to go. It was more, yeah. it was more a fight for who wanted to come last. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So don't worry about who came first. We didn't give a all shit the, about that. Then <laughs> all the all the finished teammates trying to run with you, run run back to to encourage you. Like fuck off. I'm just doing this at my own pace. Just relax. Oh, um, we had the oh we had the assistant coaches trying to do it. It's like you yeah go. Got you used to run with yeah. me. Uh, got you. Yeah. And it'd be yeah. fresh in the days. He just just trotting, little, exactly. you know, just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by that stage, it's like if I actually wanted to run a bit quicker, we probably would have. So yeah, like, exactly. Um, yeah, winning, winning wasn't the wasn't the main aim there. wasn't the goal. Exactly. So. It was but, all right. um, but yeah, it's always great to um, yeah. I don't get on you know Instagram and social media that much, um, more so than what I used used to now. But obviously, I'm always showing um you know, some highlights and that kind of stuff. So I know the fans really love that and, you know, they hold on to that kind of stuff. So obviously they're going through a tough, tough season and a bit of a tough time. So anytime they can look back on that kind of stuff and give them a bit of joy, I think, yeah, it helps them get through. So, um, so yeah, always appreciated the support and that I got from the fans and, and the members and all that kind of stuff and the Collingwood family. So, um, so yeah, always, always been appreciative, appreciative of that. Do you take yeah. an interest in the pies or you finish with footy? Oh, I've got a lot of family that, go for west coast and that and i'll absolutely hate them so it's always <laughs> good to have that banter yeah well yeah can't really say much now but, you know they're not they're not going too well so no, west coast aren't going great either but no nah, definitely not definitely not so um do you watch the footy do you kid oh, sometimes for? i do yeah yeah sometimes i do when since i've been home i haven't uh when yeah. i did obviously I've, I've have been living in victoria for the last probably four years yeah. So I've gotten yeah, I've gotten right back into it and sort of watch it each weekend and that see how the boys go and that. Um, yeah, try and stay in contact with obviously Steelo and those kind of guys and little messages yeah. here and there. Um, with all the racism stuff, sort of yeah, reached out to Isaac and, and sort of gave him some advice and that kind of stuff. But just yeah, just trying to I do find myself watching it and being a bit more passionate about it and you know, being an expert as we all are after a yeah, time, you know, like, yeah. you know, all the answers and I could, yeah, walk in and coach and I would have done this. And, but yeah, other than that, the game finishes and you get on with your, you know, your everyday kind of stuff. So for yeah. me, it, yeah, I, I have found in the last couple of years that, you know, I'm sitting in front of the TV on the weekend waiting for them to play and that sort of a little bit more passionate than what I've been in previous years. But, you know, it, it's something I enjoy doing now. What about your kids? Yeah, i got, yeah. So obviously got two in Adelaide and three down with me uh, i got a uh, stepson so he's right into his footy and um and yeah he, he absolutely loves it so i um, getting in with him and he's a carlton and, and a melbourne supporter so it's always that battle with him over Can't know, melbourne. You know, who, who's gonna who's gonna win and, and that kind of stuff so it, it's fun he plays under 11 so uh he, he's right into it um the other son's 14 uh 15 this year and he's not really into sports you know no. so he doesn't give a shit about sports and that so <laughs> Uh, he's so he's a bit like you. Got, yeah, yeah. So he's got his own yeah. thing going on. But uh, yeah, and I've got an 18-month-old. So yeah, uh, I've got two daughters that turned 18 this year. So that's a handful in itself. But Jesus. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a long time between drinks, and then I'll go and have, a, <laughs> have another baby. And I'm thinking, what? what, what, what? <laughs> so, yeah, no, but it wouldn't change for the world. I love, yeah, yeah. I love my kids. And, you know, that's what makes me makes me tick and keeps me going. So, how do you kick it? Do you still kick a footy? How do you, how do you kick it? I was coaching and playing down in for Heathmere, which is in the uh, southwest comp over in Victoria. We played Hayward, um, West, like a couple of Portland teams down there. So, yeah. um, you know, this mate don't leave the gold square too often. Just uh, kick it long. I don't know what a lead is anymore because I'll just stand there and just do the old uh, kick it long. Did you kick <laughs> so, it back? Yeah, oh, this year we sort of struggled a bit. We had a lot of young players come through. The previous couple of years, we had a pretty good um, competitive side. So I was kicking a few here and there, but I just trying to, you know, this mate trying to develop the young kids and, and trying to help them out and whatnot. So, yeah, all about, yeah, don't really. Like the uh, attention too much, as you know. So um, mm. trying to get away from it. But yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy still playing. The body um, is holding up all right at times. But um, I think if by Friday I come good, and then it's play Saturday. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Just like when uh, you're playing in the league. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, you got any advice for Dane? Because he, he drifted into local footy this year. Did you I didn't that? see that he went and had a game somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I played it would a have been, it, Yeah, it would have been the same shit. So I could waddle, waddle around and just rack up about 50. 60. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, found, I found it hard to get a kick in the front of the ball because I don't use the ball the way I was nope. used to. So, and, um, so playing as a mid, sort of half forward, you get the ball gets kicked over, the ball doesn't get kicked out. So I went to half back and I was like, fuck it. And not... Playing on playing at half back and like you don't play on anyone anyway, so I just sat behind the ball and <clears throat> and got a, and got a bit of it. But yeah. um, we finished third, but I, I, I'd imagine our season won't be finished. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we were we're probably a, we're a decent chance to win the flag actually. But I was playing for to get another Mad Monday match. Like we don't get them anymore. So <laughs> and I've got a got a baby. I don't have a, I don't have any excuse to get out and get out on the pitch anymore. So I thought a silly Sunday and a Mad Monday, I need to play local footy again. But yeah, but yep. our government's fucked that now. I'd, 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 I'd imagine, um, yeah, yeah, there's no chance of finishing footy, but um, yeah, yeah, even with a baby, but I don't know how you played. I don't know how you played footy with kids. Well, I don't know how anyone played, I don't know, especially the women. Women, I don't know how people play professional sport with kids. Like, man, I can't get out of bed to go for a walk. I'm tired to go for a walk, like in the morning with the dog, with the baby, yeah. like, let alone playing a professional sport, like having a Fucking do what they do, what you do, um, being a pro athlete and play your optimum. It's got me fucked how you just did it, and especially <laughs> how women do it. Jesus, um, yeah. it's incredible it's stuff. A, it's a challenge, yeah, it's a challenge in itself, but you know, you get that enjoyment from that. And it's um, for myself, you know, footy, you know, footy and sooty, it was something that you know I dreamed to do and, and that kind of stuff. But you know, families always come come before that. Um, yeah, you, probably, you probably noticed that when I went missing for a week or two here and there. <laughs> you go, where, where the fuck yeah, where the fuck's magic? Yeah. Can't see him at the back of the yeah. lap. <laughs> He's pissed off home again. So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that, 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 that's what it was for me. So, which, you know, I think we'll talk about that a bit later and that go in a bit more detail. But, you know, uh, yeah, I love the kids and I'll, I've always loved that side of it. We've all got a lot of nieces and nephews and you know, young young cousins and that kind of stuff, plenty of them. So it, it's, you know, it's always something that I've been really fortunate enough to be around around them my whole life and that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, definitely something that, you know, I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Leon, um, great career over a decade with the Pies. And, but 
even though two of all Australians are pretty big, did you realise that you made Dane's on and off field team of the century last year? I don't, I don't think Ghana gets any bigger, does it? Oh, the shoe in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> well, the shoe in, without a doubt. Um, I think it's obvious why you made the on field, but why do you think yeah. you made the off field team of the century? Well, I think I dipped my toe into the off-field one a few times here and there, but I was, um, yeah, I never, I never stayed for long, not around those times. Uh, he's a hard man to get a hold of after a game. Yeah, yeah so, it, um, yeah. He was, so, he was an honorary of, member of the Rat Pack. He'd yeah, slide in yeah. and out of it. Slide yeah. in and out, aren't it? A lot of memberships. Membership, yeah. not that I use it very often. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think when it got too much and I knew there was a bit of trouble coming, I'll, I'll quickly duck off. <laughs> I got out of the group, so... <laughs> They would slide back in afterwards when things were good. So, um, yeah. but yeah, look, I, I did have a few, um, a few family that are really, really um, big footy heads and, and that kind of stuff ring me and make it a point to, to have a huge conversation about the fact that I've made the, the on field and the off field team of, 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 of Ronnie. And it was my same reaction. I was like, yeah, well, the shoe in, like, you know, of course. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I had, I had a lot of family let me know that. So, yeah. So, we touched on the, the uh, after a win with your arm around Dane, but. But seriously, full MCG with the Magpie Army going. What what memories is that for you? Um, I suppose just just not really hearing them. You know, you're out there, and although there's 80, 90 odd thousand people there, like you, you're that focused on getting a kick and and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, to, to for it to go quiet and because you focus so much on doing your job and trying to get a kick and trying to help the team win you don't really yeah for myself anyways like I, I didn't really hear them that much until you know you'd, you'd kick a goal and, and the replay would show and they'd shout again like oh yeah well, definitely there's a few people here so uh, <laughs> but other, other than that it was um the only other time I did hear them was when they're um telling me how shit I was when I wasn't getting a kick so <laughs> definitely heard that a few times so were, were, yeah. were you a glancer <laughs> were you a glancer at the scoreboard after after one of your brilliant goals sorry mate were you a glancer at the scoreboard after one of your brilliant goals? Would you sort of just have a look at the replay, what you just did? Oh, no, nah, not not really. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we do a fair bit of review and old Wags used to put a good highlight. Old Wags used to put a good highlight package together for us where we need some inspiration. So <laughs> I always, always thought I'd make a cut there. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't one of those, that, you know, looked up and stared at and that kind of stuff. You know, you got enough people telling you you've kicked one and, and it wasn't too bad, so... Move what, on with what, it pretty quickly. What was your favourite highlight? Your favourite goal or favourite mark that you done? Um, I think obviously when I when I retired, I went back to an Anzac Day game and watched, and that was probably one of one of my favourite footy memories. Just watching um, playing in all those Anzac Day games, I didn't really understand the the impact that it it probably played on me having family that served. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't, wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. So um, when I've gone back and, and gone to an Anzac Day game, I met so much more, and I could actually, you know, be be there and, and understand what you know some family members went through. Got a pop that was a prisoner of war, and, and he was over there for like four years on the run, and they couldn't find him and catch him and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, so to have that and, and go back and, and you know be, have a lot more understanding. And Mick, and I've mentioned this to Mick as well. He did a great job every year. It's what you'd know, man. You know, he did a yeah. great job of trying to educate us each year on that game. But, you know, to go back and 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 have a better understanding of, you know, I've actually had family that served and that have meant, that meant so much more. Um, so I've, had, I've paid it the due respect that it deserved. Um, before that and playing, I think it was just, you know, go there and 
you know, understood that we were we were playing and it was a significant game and, and such an important game. But you know, to have that personal connection to it now that I'd had, you know, family that served and such an amazing story, um, it meant so much more. So that was after I retired and went back. I suppose playing, um, yeah, there's nothing like playing in grand finals. Obviously, you know, got dropped for the ten replay and didn't didn't win the other ones we played in, but. You know, that experience was something in itself. Um, I suppose goal-wise, um, one that stands out would be, it was, yeah, a game against Essendon. We would have kicked one from the boundary, so um, did a bit more than that, obviously. But, yeah, sort of, <laughs> um, yeah, it was it just got out. Um, but, and then early on, I took Mark on Anzac Day, actually. I think it was one of my first or second, second Anzac Day games, and, I took a mark down the pocket, so that, that I got that. The old man's got that photo at home. He's got a bit larger than that. Something that he's held on to, along with all my other footy shit. So um, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it too often. He got it under lock yeah. and key. He doesn't let anyone see it unless he's, um, yeah, unless he's had a few and he wants to brag a bit. So, <laughs> and, all, and all the uncles come around. He's got some. Yeah. So he gets it out and wants to, yeah, wants to show everyone and go, yeah, look, don't come here talking about your son about footy. <laughs> but he'll start getting all the shit out the room and that's. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so he's got it all. But yeah, there's, there's just a couple of memories, but just, yeah. I suppose, just yeah, just the the stuff during the week as well. You know, the routine and and yeah. lifelong friends and that kind of stuff that you make through footy and your connections and you know, just being able to go back there and, and, you know, we'll touch on a lot of the stuff that, that wasn't enjoyable about being there. But, you know, for myself, you know, the, the good times definitely outweighed the bad. And, you know, to be able to go back now and be a part of that big family, such a big family and such a passionate family, yeah. which is probably a football club, you know, like that's something that I take away. And, and obviously being the first, you know, First Nations man to play 100 100, 150, 200 games and, and do what I did at the football club, that's definitely something that, you know, when I got there, a lot of the stuff and stigma around the club was what it was and to be able to stay there and not just piss off and, and, and get out of that environment and stay there and stick it out. It's definitely something and try and change the, the, the perception and, and the view of the club with the whole um, racism stuff is something that, you know, I'm very proud of as well. You know, it was pretty hard at, at the start. But to stay and, and, you know, educate people along the way and just try and do my part to make them better and make all my teammates more, you know, knowledgeable was something that that's probably one of my proudest things of being at, at, at the club. Well, we're going to deep dive into that in part two, but you've opened a door. I'd love to hear a bit more about what you just said about your, your pop being involved because um, the, the wider context too, for anyone who's uh, who, who wants to light up both military history and, and, and your First Nations people is that it would have been during a time where, I dare say he couldn't have even voted. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, what? what tell us more. We've got as much time as you, you feel like you want to tell us. Um, I suppose the can look. The, the thing for mine is that being more educated about Anzac Day and, and you know the First Nations people that served. Yeah. Um, one of the things when you did serve, which came back and you got you know you got property, you got you got rewarded for serving. Now you know we had First Nations people and and Aboriginal people that went over and served and they got back. But when they went away to war, they were treated as equal, you know, on the front line, they stepped, you know, the point to prove what we're equal, we're, we're, you know, the same, we're all the same. So they'd go over and they'd serve and they'd be treated as equal because all you're doing is fighting. Like, you know, you got to kill, you got to die for each other. You got to, you know, jump in the trenches with each other, you know, you got to go out. And it is life and death. So, you know, you didn't, they didn't really care what colour of skin that you had next year. You just knew that he had to stand there and he had to stand that side and you went together, you know, as a mateship and as the whole 
backbone of this country, you know, mateship and all this kind of stuff. But then once they returned, they were treated as, you know, as less than human again. Like it wasn't until the 1967 referendum that we were actually considered human. You know, and a lot of people, and that's, you know, 19, allowed to vote. 1967. Ridiculous. You know, yeah. Before okay. that, we were considered yeah. flora, flora and fauna. It was a flora and fauna act. Like we were like a plant or an animal. Like that's us as a people, as yeah. a race, you know. So a lot of that stuff. And like being playing footy there and being away from my country, I, I wasn't able to be educated as much as I wanted to be on all this information. So when I've retired and come home, that was a big part in why I did retire and come home so I could start learning all this stuff and learn more about my culture and, you know, then pass it on to future generations. So a lot of the war stuff, a lot of the, you know, the Anzacs and, and, and serving in the war, you know, a lot of that, you know, is still affected today by people not being recognised or not, you know, getting their due, due you know, due, due respect on the fact that they've gone and served. And then that's passed down to family and family. So... A lot of it's to do with that. A lot of it's to do with um, just not being recognised. But at a, at a time like that, we weren't, you know, even considered human. So it, it's something that a lot of people, you know, have this this thought process that I'll get over it. You know, it was hundreds of years ago. Well, 1967 wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? That's a generation yeah. ago. You know, so a lot, a lot of this, a lot of this still impacts our children today. And you know, I was impacted by it. You know, my father, you know, he was one that had to you know, run from the welfare. They came to take him away as far as the stolen generation goes. And, you know, that's my father. You know, that's one generation ago. So I've listened firsthand to some of the stories that he's told, you know, and for him to, to still treat people with the respect that he does in a joking way and have the attitude he does, you know, after going through that as a kid, you know, it's amazing, you know what I mean? And, and, and things like that is, is, you know, in our community, there's people like that throughout our community and, and, and people that... You know, understand that side of it, which I do because I've been told by my father. But then on the other side, it's 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 the education isn't enough. You know, there's so much more we can do to be educated on, you know, the true history of this country. It's not about, for mine, it's not about, you know, oh you're white, you're to blame for all this stuff. It's no, no. Let's get educated so we can move together, and your attitude will change moving forward. You won't still have that attitude of, you know, the past there. It'll be well, you're better educated. You understand more what this country's been through and then we can all move forward together so for mine it's just about education and, and it's, it's not about us educating people when something happens it's about getting off your ass and doing it yourself and being you know proactive in it and being passionate about learning you know it's easy to force someone to go and you know sit in a classroom and learn this learn that like they're not really gonna you know like sit there and take everything in but if they're passionate about learning they take themselves there to do it they're going to learn what they need to learn. So until, yeah, that education process is is there, I think, you know, the issues in this country are just going to continue. It's going to be a band-aid solution. And, you know, the same shit's going to happen over and over again like we see it. So I know we you won't, are, I know, we won't I do it in two parts. Sorry, we won't do it in two parts now yeah, that right. I was talking about. So go well, I, I know you hate um, making things about yourself, Madge, <clears throat> and you like this hide in the background, but... After what you just said now, have you ever thought about going back to Collingwood and, and telling your story and, and reaching out or the pies come to you? Because I think that's something that I would love to hear as a player and stuff. Have you ever have Collingwood reached out to you or would you go back and and even like the AFL would go, you know, it could be it could be good for you to get up and speak. I know you hate speaking publicly and, and doing shit like that, but have you thought about going back to Collingwood and, and sharing? Um, yeah, I have. Um, since the 
the reports come out. I've obviously been um, in talks with them and, and trying to help them through it and that. Um, and they have they have got things in place. Um, yeah. It's long. It's a long process. Um, that uneducation stuff is something that goes from you know the top down. Like you get kids in school, you get you know everyday people at home, you get you know even government. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't so long ago that you know Morrison said there was no slavery in Australia. You know, for the for the prime minister to say that, it's like mm. you know for all of us, it's like like where, where's he where's he been? You know what I mean? Like look, at he obviously it comes from the top down, um, but I've always been one to say like you know Collingwood Football Club plays a big part in in the community, and they can change so much through their programs and through their work that they do, and, and you know eighty odd thousand members, you know and it branches out to that supporters and that. Um, so they're, they're, they're a great, um, you know, organisation to be able to change that stuff. And then it goes up from there, you know, it goes up to the AFL. You know, what are they doing? You know what I mean? One of the big examples that I give when I talk about this kind of stuff is it's a good situation. You know, someone, a champion of the game, like a champion, just a champion bloke, you know, not just a champion for Indigenous people, like sick to death of here and, yeah. you know, reporters, commentators, this kind of stuff. Oh, he's a great role model for the Indigenous community. Well... You know, I'm sure there's little white kids out there that want to kick goals like I did. I'm sure there's, you know, you don't hear, not once have I ever heard of, James Swan's a great role model for the white Australians. You know, Gary yeah. Ablett's a great role model for white people. You know, you just... And like Never been a role model for anyone. You laugh now, like, but that's what it is. Like, you know, and for yeah. comparison, with the comparison of it is, you never hear that. But you, you straight away, you hear, oh, Cyril Rioli, oh, great, great role model for Indigenous people. So why can't we just be great role models? You know, so these Absolutely. little things, yeah. these little things like that, and I've been from day one, man. I've been banging on about this, and I'd and it'd be one on one with reporters, and be like, "Well, hang on, let me try." And that's my little bit of education for them to say, "Look, that's really an appropriate thing to say." Like, you know, why can't we just be, you know, we're shoeboxed into this, you know? And it, it's it's in here, like it's just what it is. So for us, it's um, yeah, it's an ongoing process, but obviously, I'm definitely keen to, you know, and we go back to Anzac Day again. Like, I'm really big on fact that throughout my whole career and, and after I finished and I think it's what 10 years now since I finished um you know going to Anzac days and seeing Anzac day and not you got the Australian flag you got the New Zealand flag but there's no you know our flag's not there you know that's something that over the last couple of years you know I've brought up to people and, and sort of watched the process and, and I want to know more because we want to be represented too many times we've, we're not represented you know what I mean I spoke to spoke to Eddie years ago about that about the football club you know, straight. And I went after I retired. I went back to an Anzac Day game, uh, not an Anzac Day, an Indigenous round. And the flag was up. They did a welcome to country. You know, they they paid their respects. And it's like, well, where are you going next week? Like, are you off somewhere else? No, no, no. Like, you know, well, you're always there. You always need to do a welcome to country. You always need to pay your respects. Have the flag up all the time. Represent. You know, have us represented. You know, and it's something that, looking back now, you know, they're probably young and like you said, I didn't know a lot talking and always in the, you know pissed off whenever it was my time I didn't even go to training when I had to do something so you know that kind of stuff was you know I always hated it but coming back and learning so much more about my culture and, and learning so much more from my dad you know it's given me the confidence to be able to speak on these issues and be real passionate about it which I am so I know it's going to help you know generations to come and you know the generation before us you know if I, if I don't do my part they've done what they've done for fuck all and what they've done is way worse than what I've gone through you know, they you know they weren't allowed to go to certain places. They had to be home up. 
after dark. They weren't allowed to do this. They weren't allowed to use this facility or go there. It was, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I've had it pretty easy in my time only because off the back of what they've done. So for me, it's that education stuff. But I'm, yeah, I'm in, like, we've it's slowed down now. But I've been in talks with, obviously, Jody Sizer and, and people yeah. like that on the board at, at the club. Lick has reached out a couple of times. But yeah. it, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's had a bit of a stalemate at the moment with, you know, with getting the right people involved and, and people that um, have lived it um, and have been there through that time and seen the transition. Like I got there in 99. So to go yeah. from 99 to now, you know, it, it, it's a it's a huge, it, it's a big chunk of time to be there and, and be there at a time when it was pretty shit, you know, with the racism stuff and, and go through that, what I did when I first got there. So, um, and as for, for mine, there's probably no one better to have give them advice than myself because I've been there since 99 um, until today and things have changed, you know. So, but for them to, uh, for that to happen, it, it sort of happened now at the moment with, with in talks with them and trying to help them out and trying to do this, but it's an ongoing process and, and people are stuck in their ways kind of stuff. So, so something that hopefully it, it, it starts to turn around and change, but I've, and you know what I'm like, man, Look, you know, I've always been one to try and help people out and, and try and educate people along the way. Um, but at the same time, I know you've said publicly and you've mentioned it, but said, look, if everyone had your memories of the football club, it's the best time of your life. Yeah. yeah and that's exactly what it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? But yeah. for, and everyone's different. You know what I mean? Everyone's different in what they do. And, and, it's, it, it, it was like to hear you say that. It's like, well, that's what it was. You know, most of it was amazing. Most of it was fucking awesome. You know, yeah. lifelong friends, you know, great times, great wins. And I think we spanked everyone when, you know, in our time at the club, you know, we we're at the top most of the time. And, you know, mm. it, was, it was a pretty good ride. So, um, but then you got, then there comes my story. And it's like, well, yeah, things were good. But then there were some really shit times as well, you know, for myself. So, um, and it's just, just being able to understand that and, and people owning. You know, people owning their mistakes or their, their lack of education, really. Like, you know, if you yeah. don't, you're not educated on it, like, just say, well, fuck, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, you know, but too many times people people actually try and come up with the answer on the spot or they'll try and, you know, say and try and understand it within a couple of minutes and you can't. If this is something that you just can't understand or be educated on overnight, you know, it's a long process and something that I'm more than willing to to have a, to play a part in, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. Leon, um, uh, I, I'm a natural cynic, but uh, just for for want of background, I'm I'm Jewish, and I grew up with a lot of racism, and not as much as my grandparents, who it's just a fluke that they got here through the through the Holocaust, um, yep. and they had siblings murdered. So I reckon I've got a fair handle on racism. So I'm just putting that on the table for it uh, uh, for, for your own benefit. But I'm also a natural cynic when it comes to how media cover things. When the Do Better report came out, I was fairly cynical, and also worked with Eddie for ten years before he show. So that's just part of the context. But two things really uh, sort of uh, got the antenna up. Uh, one, when we were doing this podcast, and Dane's automatic reaction was, I reckon the boys aren't making it up. In other words, full support for you guys. Um, and, yep. and secondly, then you did a really passionate, in-depth interview. The player profile at the start, uh, I think I'm reasonably uh, a hard and uncaring bastard, but I, I need to tell you that story. So can you tell it here and just explain to people the context? Um, yeah, I've spoken publicly on it a few times now, but yeah, just, just rocked up the training and, um, it was a player profile that you fill out with all the, um, information on yourself, your personal information. So mine was just filled out pre-filled when I got there with, yeah, just stereotypical racism, racism, you know, just, just 
just some of the questions where your typical, you know, your typical stereotype of Aboriginal people from, you know, from years ago, from generations ago. What year was this? This was, oh, this was 99. This was 99. Like, 99. Stuff. When you first got, got drafted, rocked up. And obviously, yeah. there was a fat redhead there. Fucking, <laughs> don't know. He's fatter and got less red hair now. So, um, I went yeah, for yeah, Romilly yeah. last week. Yeah. So he was there and he, he, he's been my biggest supporter on this because he was there at the time and he actually seen my reaction. And, and you know, he didn't know at the time what, it, what exactly it was, but the weeks to follow, he sort of understood and you know, he's he's one that that yeah sort of helped me through it, and and Shorey as well. Ree Shorey was drafted the same year, so they sort of helped me through that process. But yeah, it was just it was just filled out with that. And I I didn't you know to go from a 17, 18 year old kid from WA and not really know much about the Collingwood Football Club, only that you know the reputation they had for for racism, which my whole community knew. We all we all knew it. We all heard about it. Um, back then, you're probably coming off the back of it being accepted. Uh, 99, you know, 90s, around the 90s, it was sort of something that, you know, your Mick Longs and Nicky Wimmer stood up for it, stood up against it. Um, so things started shifting a little bit. But to get to the club and just be a, you know, a young kid that just wanted to play footy um, and thinking that going from Perth to Victoria and this big, great, new, exciting chapter in my life and I've worked so hard all my life to get there and, being so happy to, to be drafted and all of a sudden, yeah, now I'm going to be able to play footy and I feel at the top level and um, that kind of stuff. And then for that to happen was just, yeah, it, 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 I think I just went into a bit of shock and I didn't know what to do really. So I just chucked it in my bag and then I went home and then I got home and the only person that was home at the time was my younger brother. And I sort of showed him, I said, oh, have a look at this. Tell me, you know, have a look. And I was thinking, well, this can't, this can't be happening. You know, no, it, it it can't be happening. So then I showed him and he just, yeah, just went off his head. He just started fucking, yeah, he just went off his head. And then he, and mum and dad came home and, and he's walked over and mum thought we were, you know, we were fighting, we were having a punch on because he was so pissed off and angry. You know? So, and then she, he showed her and then she, she just, yeah, she did the same thing. She just went fucking, she started packing. She said, pack your bag, pack your shit. We're fucking going back to Perth. No, we're not staying here and all that and all the rest of it. And then, um, yeah. So then the next day, sort of got on the phone, little Maxie. So Maxie wore the brunt of it, <laughs> like he like he did, <laughs> like he did. Most of the time, the yeah. So, um, so it was tough on him, but you know he wore the brunt. But he was our go-to at the at the start of it. Like he was the bloke that we, you know, that I built a relationship with straight away. So he was the go-to that we went to. So um, sorry, who's Maxie? Was, as in Mark Kleinman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Footy manager yeah. or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, whipping boy. <laughs> yeah, midnight oil singer. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he was in front of it. But the next day, we went in and, and sat down around the table, and, and Mick got the the guys involved around the table as well, and and pretty much just yeah, laid the law down to him, and and he really did right there and then. Um, yeah, sort of made it a bit more, made it comfortable enough for me to stay. And in the end, it was my choice. Um, my mum said in that room right there in front of everyone that, you know, what do you want to do, son? She said, I want you to come home. I want to go. I don't want to stay here and that kind of stuff. And then she left it up to me and it was my decision. And it was probably a big decision to make right there and then. But, um, yeah, I sort of just said, look, it'll be the lock said before. The easiest thing to do would, would be to, to walk away. And But in hindsight, I'm glad I stayed because 
then it, it made it a little bit better for people that came after that, your Richie Cole, you know, your Dickies and all that kind of stuff um, to come after that because there was a bit more education around racism. Um, not, not it didn't fix it. It didn't, you know, it didn't stop them. That's for sure. But that was the first occasion when I'd experienced it. You know, it was a pretty damning and, and some of the guys involved, you know, uh, apologetic till this day, you know what I mean, about it. But my thing was, as I got older, it was that education side of it and that understanding side of it where people just know what they know. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you're brought up in an environment at home and that's all you know. Like, you know, you, it's like us going, like, and this is an is example I give most of the time, is that it's like waking up one day and, and people expect you to speak a, a different language fluently. Well, you don't know. You're not educated on it. You can't just, you know, you can't just understand it overnight. So, um, for mine, it's it's yeah. That 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 was a big that was a big decision to make there and then. But I think it wouldn't have mattered what happened after that. I was always going to stay focused on my footy, try and educate people along the way. Um, and after that process, I definitely dealt with with racist issues at the club differently. It was more of a one-on-one -on -one thing. I never, after that, I rarely went to Eddie or the, or the board or, or, you know, people higher up. Not that I didn't, not that I didn't feel I could, you know, it, it was more so just understanding the repercussions of, of going to them there and then, you know, like some of the, and I was, like I was there for a few months and, you know, after that, it was, it went from being in the group, everyone's talking, everyone's laughing, everyone's having a joke making it fun and I'm going, yeah, I can fit in here, I can fit in here. And then after, it would have been about three, three months minimum after that, it was I'd walk into the room, everyone would just go quiet. Not even the people involved, you know, they'd, they'd obviously heard about it. Everyone would just go quiet. Here I am going, oh, okay. So I'd walk back into the locker room and sit on my own or I'd grab a footy and just go walk down where the gym was um, and that kind of stuff. So, and that went on for a good three months after that. So on top of being homesick, on, on top of having, you know, not having... All me, all me cousins and that there, all me support networks there and that. On top of that, it was just, yeah, a young kid that, that just wanted to play footy, really. And, you know, to go through that there and then, I think the player profile was, it happened and I got over that pretty quick. But then the repercussions of after that being ostracised, walking into a room and everyone goes quiet, walking into a room and everyone leaves the room and I'm the only one standing there going, where's everyone going? Like, you know, usually when there's a meeting on, everyone goes, oh, we've got a meeting. I'll stand there going, what the fuck are we doing? Like that? that kind of stuff. So to be ostracised from that, go from having a kick to kick with all the boys before training to finding myself kicking the footy on my own and, you know, like that kind of stuff. So, and that went on for a few months afterwards, so, which was, you know, which my parents didn't know about. So there I was going through that. And then all of a sudden it's, it's and now I'm jaded between wanting to play footy and being honest with my parents about what's really going on at the club, because they used to ask me every day when I got home, how was today? Oh, yeah, good, good. No, everyone's fine. And really, it's fucking, you know, on my own, a lonely fucking day at footy. And as you know, footy's a team sport. You know, you can't, yeah. you know, kick the footy to yourself 20 times. And, you know, so there I was taking, you know, having a footy and just going kicking gold down the fucking pocket on my own and, and all that. So I got pretty lonely after that. But that, that that's probably the hardest part was afterwards. You know what I mean? Afterwards and feeling like that. And just being just being alone, man. Like that yeah. was you go from dealing with it every day of your life and going through little instances here and there to obviously now it's all of a sudden at the club you're lonely. 
and that was my escape. You know what I mean? Like being lonely at home because I'm not back home on my own country with my family. The footy club was where I went to, to, to fit in and have fun. Now all of a sudden it's lonely and you know just head down and focus on footy. Now in a game situation you can't help it. You know you, it's your teammate. You know it'll stand out even more if you're not. You know if you're not inclusive and that kind of stuff. So um, game days were fine, but I think it was just. Um, just the repercussions of it all and, and having to deal with the ostrich, you know, being ostracised and being left out of everything and, and just being alone. No one really talking to me anymore. And, and they weren't even the blokes that were involved in it, you know. So obviously word got through the club and, and that kind of stuff. So it was really, really hard. So after that, dealing with it, you know, for the years and my whole career then after that, it was, well, I'm definitely not going to deal with it that way because then it'll be, you know, I'll be ostracised again. You know, everyone will be leaving. Just make you feel like, you know, just made me feel so fucking little and, Felt like shit because you know all of a sudden you 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 meant to be in this big team group and, and team environment when really like you know I was left out of a lot of stuff and, and it, it, yeah it got really fucking hard but um, in saying that um, afterwards I just dealt with it differently and it was more a one on one and you know educated people along the way and most of them were really good mates of mine like most of them I got along really really well with you know so and it was just stuff that they said that they didn't understand you know they didn't actually understand it was offensive. So then to explain to them that um that's offensive, this is why, you know, that kind of stuff. It's what it was, you know what I mean? So to deal with it differently after that um, really had an impact on myself. That first year, you know, people say, oh, I had to go your first year and they compare it with a lot of people that get drafted now. Like, oh, you know, he's in and out of the team. Well, I was the same. You know, I played two weeks, you know, then I'll go back to the twos for a couple of weeks. I'll come in and play a couple of games, go back to twos a couple, couple of weeks. So that ongoing battle of, you know, waking up and it's not just a normal day where you go and play footy and you're mentally focused and you're, you're physically feeling good. You know, it was a constant battle to, to get up every week and, and go and play and get a kick. And, and especially with, you know, that stuff that happened to me at the club. That's not to mention the stuff that happened, you know, in social media or on the TV or, you know, on the way to training or on the weekend or away from the club or my family back home. You know, so all this stuff, like, you know, there, there, there's... We are born with a platform of racism ready because it's passed down to us generationally, you know what I mean? So, but that, 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 that situation at the club when I first got there was, was something that, um, in a way, that happened and I chose to stay. So I don't think anything after that would have made me leave. Um, and that was part of why I stayed at the club as long as I did, to try and educate people and try and change the perception. And it was a real mission of mine. Not too many people knew about it. Of the real mission of mine to educate people and try and change the perception of that football club. So along the way, you have you have great people that come in and, and help you out and, and 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 that kind of stuff. First Nation people and, and other than that as well, both Aboriginal and non you know Indigenous people. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a constant thing there to deal with it in my everyday life, and then go to the club and have to you know and I've said it publicly get to the front door of the club and then have to put on my armour to go all right. I need to protect myself. I need to act, and I need to go in and, and be this way and, and and make sure that I'm I'm prepared if anything happens. You know what I mean? So it was never just go in and you know. And you're probably a bit surprised by this one because you knew what I was like at the club, joking yeah. around, fucking funny, like happy, like always up and about, always you know joking around with the boys and that. But you know, ultimately, it was get to the front door of the club and be like, all right, take a big deep breath. All right, I'll go in now. I'm ready. You know what I mean? And that's how I am when I walk out the front door. I'll get up every single day of my life and I'll get to the front door and I'll go, all right, all right, let's go. And I'll start my day. So 
But that situation at the start of my career was one that defined, obviously, my attitude towards being there and, and obviously being determined to change the perception of the club. I didn't know fuck all about Collingwood until I got drafted there. A lot of people started telling me and, you know, it started then as well. Like, oh, what are you fucking going to that club for? That's a racist club. What? Are you, are you a coconut? And for us to explain that, for us, a coconut is obviously what it is. Brown on the outside, white on the inside. So a lot of people mm. come were coming at me like, oh, you're a coconut. You know, you're black on the outside, but you're white on the inside. You know, and that's a big one for our community. And that's probably one of the biggest insults you can say to us. Call them because, you know, we're all passionate about our culture and all that kind of stuff. So but to have all that from my family, have all that from friends and all that kind of stuff. And then to go there and that happened was definitely a shock. So, um, but yeah, I am in talks with the club and trying to help them through the process and that. It's challenging, it's difficult, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So, Leon, that's fantastic insight. Just for ask a couple more questions. Swanee, as a, a teammate, a mate of Leon's and also as a great of the club, what goes through your mind when you hear that? Sorry. Yeah, well, what, no, for me, like, what, what, what okay, goes through Swanee's mind? Like, well, what, like what Madge said, you don't, you didn't see because he, he hit it so well. And I, I, I was near till 2002, so I don't know how much of this was 99 to 2001. But like what Madge said, he was like, oh, we'd always be the back of the training drills in the back of the laps, back of the meetings, uh, you know, trying to do the bare minimum together um, just to get through the day. But like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known that Madge was struggling with what he was struggling with in, internally because he, he never showed it now. I don't know whether that's our fault for not recognising it or um, the club's fault or it's whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it hurts to hear one of your good mates at the footy club say that he has to fucking suck a couple of deep breaths in before he walks in the footy club because the rest of us, the white guys, I guess, where we just strolled in like there was no prologue. Like, like I've said, like if everyone had my um, time at the footy, memories of the footy club, like, it's the greatest place of all time, but I'm not Aboriginal. I'm not I'm as basic white as you're going to get. So, um, yeah, so it, it sucks to know that a good mate went through went through that. And it's, obviously we can't go back in time. We can't change what's happened. We'd love to, but unfortunately what's done is done. So um, I hope Madge has, has found peace with the footy club and um, has got out of what he needs to. And I sincerely hope that he can go back to the footy club and teach the young kids and maybe go back every year and do an induction for all the young fellas or even for the AFL because, you know, Mad, this is the most I've ever heard Madge speak. <laughs> um, you know, you like, lot, uh, exactly. Like asking, asking meetings, it'd be a fucking one word answer. Like even if we're talking about like the, the match review or they just wouldn't ask Madge because he just wouldn't say anything. He'd be like, yep. <laughs> Should have done that, and that'd be the end of it. So you'd hardly hear Matt speak, but um, obviously he's grown and he's obviously matured and and figured out what he wants to do, and um, you know he's obviously learned a lot more about himself and his and his people. So uh, it's great to hear that Matt's finally got a voice because it was a very fucking small one when he first got to the club. So he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's Sorry, you know, that that's a that's a perception I get from a lot of guys. You know, a lot of boys have reached out and. You know, just a simple little message, you know, to say that, to say, fuck, we didn't know. Like, what, how, how did this yeah. go on and we didn't know? Like, you know, but for myself, it was, you know, like I said, every time we leave the comfort of our own home, we have to change everything we do to fit in. 
you know what I mean? Like our cultural ways, you know, it's westernized world, you know, our cultural ways, you know, it, it's slowly starting to change and people are starting to see the significance for our people in our cultural ways. But still, you know, we we leave the house and my father told me from day one, you know, the main thing he used to give us advice when we'd leave the house is don't give them excuses. And that was around the police. Don't give them, don't give them an excuse to pull up on you. Don't give them an excuse to pull you over. Don't give them an excuse to to have to interact with you. And it's like, well, Dad, um, I can't, you know, we can't, I can't change, you know, like. So then, but as I got older, I understood what he was talking about because, you know, I leave the house and it's like, all right, I'll put a hat on, do little things like I wear a hat. Bit bald, bit bald up the top these days. So I wear a hat <laughs> most of the time. But 28, no man, I'd, I'd rock a hat, you know, every day, you know, like that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but get in the car straight away. It's I'll be driving. I'll see a cop car. I'll take my hat off and put it down. So I'd make sure my belt was on. I'd, my heart rate would go up. I'd start worrying about it. From kid were in the car, I'd be like, "You got your belt on? You got like you know and all this stuff?" And you know, just little. And it's, it, I can't help it. Like it's just a reaction. You know what I mean? Because. You know, it, it, it. So many times I've been pulled over, and you know, like come back home and playing football. Like I'd have like a nice car all the time, that stuff. But when I come back home, more so than Victoria, you know, it was something that probably every second day guaranteed it'd be you get pulled over. What do you do? How, how did how did you how did you get this car? Where, where's this car? Is this your car? Is it in your name? Like who who like? And this is constant, you know. So for me, and I'm okay. I'm, like, like, I'm at Collingwood. I'm a dual, yeah. I'm a dual All Australian. I've yeah. played at the biggest club, pretty like pretty well known, you know. So then that would happen to me, and it's like, well, and I could, as I got a bit older, I could handle it. I could, I could, you know, counter them, and I could just loosen well, my license, you know. Yep, yep. And then seven, eight times out of ten, it'd be, well, you're the footballer. Oh yeah, and their attitude would completely change to, yeah, mate, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, can I get a photo? Can I get an autograph? Oh, me son, oh me you know this kind of stuff and it goes from treated a certain way to now wanting a photo and all that so it's like most of the time it's like mate piss off you know so and, that's just what, and it took and it, it actually took me to get pickers liam pickering was my manager yeah. and yeah. a few times i'd be on the phone to him and he'd be like what what like, hang on i'm getting pulled over by the cops and he'd go what for what, what, what was you doing said, well fucking just driving <laughs> and then he'd ring up another time and i'd be like i'm hang on i'm getting he's like what Again, there's something wrong with your car. No, 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 no. And then again, and he'd be like, what the fuck is going on there? And I'd be like, well, this is what happens. Because I'm, you know, who I am. Um, I'm not the footballer. You know, like it's, you just, it's just what happens. You know? And he's like, fuck that. No, nah, no, nah, I'm doing something about this. So then I don't know what he'd done. But after that, it was, yeah, it changed. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, I, sort of, I don't know. He must have put a, 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 an alert on my number plate or something. So when they seen it, it was like, oh, no, we don't. Nah, we know that it's yet, yeah. So if you speak to Liam, let him know I'm looking for him. You know, so little things like that. And that's just that's just that interaction in the car driving. You know, there's a going to the shops. I'll, I'll try my best not to put my hands in my pocket when I'm in the shopping center. So then it's not like, well, they look on the camera and it's, and it's happened so many times. Like take into the back room, empty your pockets, empty your, empty your, you know, and it's like, well, fuck, I'm just here like everyone else. Fucking, and I'm me. This is in Melbourne. Yeah. Like I'm playing footy in front of 80,000 on the fucking weekend. You know, like, got fucking me first. I think it was me first, or me second. I think it was me first. All Australian, all driving home, and I got pulled over. You know, like, I got just fucking like, and I'm drunk. Don't, 
you know, because, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even going to go to that fucking first one. Like I said, I'm not going. And then Pickers goes, well, they're going to find you, mate, if you don't go. And I went, fuck, fuck off. He goes, yeah, and I said, how much? And he told me, I was like, well, I can't afford that. I better fucking go. <laughs> and then I end up yeah. fucking, yeah, and end up making the team. So he, and he, I don't know, he must have knew. Like, he must have knew, because he fucking tried his hardest to get me there, and he knew yeah. I wasn't going to go. And I don't know what the rules are, whether you actually do get fined for not going. No, but it's hard yeah. to get you to the that's, best of terrace. That's, 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 that's what he put on me. But yeah, yeah. so. Hey, but yeah, hey, just, just, that, just that kind of stuff, you know, like that people sort of don't, you know. And I remember we, we actually did a, um, a a presentation on on getting to know us better at the club one year. And, you know, we went out to all the, the whole team, the whole, whole admin. I think there was about easily 10 people that rocked up to have a look. I remember Gavin Brown being one of them, and he was, yeah, and so you know what, you know what Brownie's like, man, like, he was just, he was shocked, eh, like, he was just absolutely shocked that some of the stuff that we spoke about and some of our everyday, you know, things that happened to us, he was just shocked, like, he couldn't believe it, you know, so things like that where, you know, he would have left that a lot more educated and a lot more yeah. understandable, understanding of, of, of what we go through, so, but, but it's just, yeah, for mine, I always implore people to, and I don't, I don't, like, it's easy to do stuff in retaliation. It's easy to go and educate yourself after something's happened. You know, AFL, a perfect example where someone will do something and now they've got to go and do a cultural awareness. Course. But now they've got to go and educate them, like, and all this stuff, and it's reactionary. Like, my thing is get off your ass and go and, look, you know, go and learn off your own back the true history of, of, of this country, you know, because then that'll give you a greater insight. That'll give you a greater understanding of what, how to move forward. You know, until you have a better understanding of, you know, we go to school, we learn about how to cook, we know about settlement. That's what you're taught in school. You know, it's in it's in it's in the curriculum to learn about Aboriginal history, but to what extent is up to the you know is up to the thing of the teacher. So, you know, it, it, it's for us and for me, it's it's always say just tell people to educate themselves. Like people like to go to China, people like to go overseas, USA. You know, some people like to go to Vegas all the time. Not talking about anyone in particular, yeah. mate. But, uh, it would be, nice be nice to get there now. <laughs> Cancun, you know, all these kind of... But, Anywhere, but mate. Me, yeah. I'd love to come over to WA right some, now, some, mate. Yeah, can't leave, can't that leave I, me fucking I try and encourage, you know, everyone that I come into contact with is, you know, we've got the oldest living culture in the world, like here, in this country. The oldest living culture in the world, you know, that's here. You know, but the perception of... Of, our, of my people and the perception of this country is that we're less than dirt, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what it's been for so long. So until the 67 referendum, you know, when we were started, started being counted in the census and, and we were actually considered fucking human, you know, that's still there because, you know, we look at our culture and, 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 and my culture, what, what we do, and people think it's less than, than anywhere else in the world because... You know, the true, the understanding isn't there, the education isn't there. So um, I implore everyone, man, like to go, to go on holidays in this country. Go and fucking learn what you can about the true history of this country. And you know what? It'll be tough. It'll be fucking hard. And it'll be fucking right in your face and, and, and full on. And it'll impact you on ways you wouldn't think it would. But then you come out the other side and you go, fuck, well, how the fuck do they do all this stuff? How do they fucking play footy? How do they become fucking CEOs? How do they how do they succeed? How do they prosper after going through all that shit? And it's like a generation ago, two generations ago, you know. But that's where I come back to having the oldest living culture in the world. We've been around sixty thousand years, you know. So it's going to take a fucking hell of a lot to get rid of us. That's for sure. 
And the true history of this country is that they fucking tried. They tried to wipe us out, genocide. You know, they tried to kill us out as a race. That was their mission. You know, conquer and kill. And that's what it was when they came here. We were less than human. We were like, they got here, Terranolius. What they mean by that is that they got here and they went back and they said, there's no one there. It's uninhabitable. Un- un- like, there's nobody there. And then all of a sudden, all these stories start going back about people are dying. People, there's a war going on. There's people dying. Like, we were fighting. We were fighting for our country. They're going, well, I thought you said there was no fucking one, no one there. Well, yeah, we were here, you know, so that kind of stuff. But you're not going to get a crash course in, in getting educated about the true history of this country. But, you know, I implore everyone to educate themselves and it'll better serve you moving forward. Like, you'll have a better outlook on your own life on the way. And, like, you're a father now, man. Like, you'll have a better outlook on that. And, and you can start putting in place the steps that you need to do for, for you know, for, for education around your children and, and, and that kind of stuff. Not just your own, but, you know, just how to deal with people in Iraq. You know what I mean? So, no, it, but it's a great country, man. Look, you know, we have, yeah, our, our culture is what it is. And people that, that want to go out and learn about it, fucking get out there, man. Like, it's amazing. So. Hey, Leon, just sort of on that point, I'm, and whether this is trying to look at glass half full rather than half empty, and but also being... You know, I'm 52. I was at Morris Rowley's first game at Waverley Park and remember the filth that was out in the yep. crowd. That it's just another world away. So I actually genuinely think as a majority, which of course doesn't mean there aren't some shitheads, but as a majority, you know, I've written down Peter Bowl, Basil Hawley, Sam Kerr, Eddie Betts, um, the, the, and you, <laughs> Jeff Farmer, me, Melbourne supporter, there's a, there's a love for the majority from to the from the majority of people, and they there is that I think eagerness to learn, and I don't think there actually is a, an ingrained type of racism now, but it doesn't mean it's not there. And is is it? Do you think that's fair or unfair? Um, I think that's from your point of view, and I think you know, coming from someone like yourself, you know, and I think to be Bob, so, sorry to interrupt. Uh, but by uh, the way, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry to, to interrupt. Be, but just uh, a couple of one. things. You said yeah, uh, yeah. things that no, triggered that, me about my, my upbringing. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree with you and I understand yeah, where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be, yeah, to be quite blunt, when it's coming from someone like yourself, it you know, it, it, it's your perception of it. So it's like someone being offensive towards me and it's something that happened 10 times out of 10. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know, it's something where... As in, in someone, your life? Someone will say something racist to me. Yep. And I'll turn around and go, well, that's not racist. 
Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but you can't fucking tell me. Oh, no, right. absolutely. You know, Does it so still happen, Matt? Sorry. So, sorry, man? Does it still happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Like, uh, it, it's, it's part of the history and part of, you know, we're talking about white privilege. We, we don't say that lightly. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. You know, like, it, it's to be, to have the colour of skin that I do and to be who I am. It doesn't matter if you're Eddie Betts. It doesn't matter if you're fucking Sam Kerr. It doesn't matter if you're Adam Woods. It doesn't matter. You still get treated that way. You know, you could you could do, you could cure cancer. You'd still get treated that way because of the, because of your appearance. You know, and that's what it is. Australia has a racist past. Australia has, it, it, and once, and like, like, I'm, like I mentioned, like once you educate yourself and you find out the true history, you know, like and and like you said, you've had your own upbringing, you've had your own personal yep. experience. But for mine, the for you, you get to walk out and be treated normal from the wider community. I don't, and that's just one look at me. That's it. You know, that's what it is. You know, so for me, I think for yourself, that's your personal opinion about. You know, it's not ingrained in. Well, for me, it without a doubt, one hundred percent is. I'm not saying everyone's a dickhead and everyone's fucking full-on, fully-blown racist, but for me to live my everyday life, you mightn't consciously do it. It's just who you are. It's your makeup. It's how you react to certain people. You know, now, it's easy, and myself, the Eddie Beth, Adam Wood, Buddy Franklin, Sam Turner, all these guys that you mentioned, they get treated a certain way too because of who they are. You speak to them about their childhood before they became famous, before they started... And they'll say that, you know what, maybe it's a little bit better because of who I am and people notice me straight away. But if they don't, like me, when they didn't, you get treated a certain way, you get treated like absolute shit and you get talked down to like you're a little fucking kid. But then soon they realise who you are. Oh, oh shit, oh, and they treat you a totally different way. So yeah. for, that to happen, for that to happen in a 10-minute space of time, that's exactly what it is. You get treated a certain way because of who you are, but then they realise who you are and they treat you totally different because of your, your you know, your reputation or your you know, your persona of who you are, that kind of stuff. So for me to answer that question is, you know, it's definitely ingrained. It's, it's, it's the history and some people are ashamed of it. A lot of people wear it proudly. A lot of people don't, you know, don't want to change. They're just ingrained in their, in, in, in you know, they're just, it's, it's, in their, it's in their makeup, you know. So for me to answer that question, like, without a doubt, you know, this, not been, I've been overseas, fortunately enough, for footy and that. I see a lot of people, and I know a lot of people from other countries now. But for mine, it, you know, you look at Africa, you look at South Africa. I went there, we went there on a footy camp and that. But for mine, there was a lot of similarities. But still, until you understand the true history of this country and you're educated on it, you'd be you'd be absolutely fucking shocked with what happened in this country to my people. There's no comparison for me. There's no comparison at all on what we went through and still go through as a race, as a people. So, and that's my opinion. That's, that's what, how I feel. And I know what my father's told me. I know what my grandparents told me. I know what's been passed down. And I've done my, like, I'll obviously, I've got a lot of education to go, yeah. But I'll know what the true history of this country is. And for us to still be here, for us to still be willing to walk forward together and come to a resolution and that kind of stuff, it, it, show, it shows a lot. It shows a lot for for us as a people and who we are and how we're connected to our country and how how good-hearted we are, you know what I mean? So 
you know, is, is, is it still an everyday issue? Fucking oath, without a doubt, without a doubt. Has it gotten better over the years? Yeah, have we still got fucking heaps, a long, 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 very long way to go? Yes, we do, a very long way. Eddie Betts spoke about a safe place for Aboriginal uh, players and about the, um, the education process, both within the game. Swanee touched on something inadvertently, and he said it with absolute love and affection to you just then about how he didn't speak much at the club. I actually remember meeting, um, uh, you know, a, a few Aboriginal players along the way when they were really young at, at the Melbourne Footy Club, just in my role there. And yep. what had sort of struck me in putting two and two together is, unfortunately, some of these kids, and I, I do say the word kids as people in their early 20s, they're not ready to be spokespeople like you are now. And it makes it yeah. hard for them. Yeah, look, in, in our culture, it, it, it's culturally, you know, if you're really cultural and you've got that tribal way about you, you can be an adult at 14. You can be an adult. You can be considered adult. You can be considered a man at 13. Yeah. Because you've gone through the law. You've gone and, you know, culturally you've done what you've done. So you're in your family, in your area, you're considered a man. Westernized way is, well, you're not 18 yet. Yeah, but I'm like, and this is where the clashes come from. You know what I mean? Like at 13, 14, you're a, you're a man. You can tell people that haven't gone through the law what to do. You can tell them. They're already going. They don't do it. Coming from a 14-year-old to a, to a 40-year-old, you know, if they don't go and do it, 40-year-olds are to blame. Because in our way, that's what it was. You know, yeah. so for these young kids that come through, you got to think about it. Their upbringing, now they're in this big, they're in the public eye. They're in the, everyone's looking at them, you know. Of course, they're not really ready to speak out and, you know, be at the front and, and take charge and all that kind of stuff. They have to be comfortable in that surrounding. That's why you see a lot of people, as they get older, they start speaking out. They start speaking up. You know what I mean? But it's a, it's a respect thing as well because we've got a lot of older players in the AFL. It's respecting them for them to be, you know, an elder, an elder type thing for us to go, well, they're older than us. They do all the talking. We just sit here and listen and we learn. You know, so that's what it is for us. Where you know, it, it, it takes a lot. You gotta, you gotta be comfortable in your environment. You gotta be happy. You gotta be ready. You know, you gotta be prepared. And a lot of times, it's daunting. You know, to be one person in the room of fifty, and you gotta speak on these issues, whether you want to or not. You know, remember, I remember a lot of times I've gone to the club and I was the only bloke there, only you know, First Nation man there, like anywhere. And I'd go to the club. Something would happen on TV overseas to do with racism and I'd just I'd be in there and everyone would be like oh the room would change when I walked in and this is not on purpose room would change everyone would be laughing and joking and as soon as I'd walk in everything would go quiet oh, oh how do we act I don't know I don't know how, what, what do I do oh what do I smoke you know what I mean and like Swanee keeps mentioning his memories and his you know recollection is you know and he, he's one that just he was the same and that's all you want just be yourself if you're outspoken and no matter what fucking happens, just be yourself. And that's something that I remember about 20 is that he never changed over the whole career, <laughs> you know, fitness either. He never got any fitter. He never got any, <laughs> got any quicker. But th that kind of stuff. Well, you must, you mustn't have either because we, we battered quite did. a bit during the thing, yeah. I definitely didn't. So, but that, 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 that's, the, um, that's the pressures of it. So, you know, and it's something that little things like, and it's still something that I, I'd be at least once a week that I'd have an I'd have a confrontation with someone about calling me a boy. You know, I'm fucking 40 years old. Like, mm. boy is something that was used as a negative thing 
for our people, you know, throughout throughout time. You know what I mean? Like since element, you know, you'd always be called a boy, whether you're fucking 40, 50, 60, you know, and it's something that's so, you know, it's something that people just don't fathom. You know what I mean? Like even commentators and that, you know, call them a game of footy where it's me or someone else that's, you know, 30 something and they're going, oh, the boy's good. You know, well, I ain't a boy. I'm fucking 40 years old. Look, don't, you know, because it's got that history behind it. You know, if it didn't have that history behind it, it'd just be like, oh, well, all right. But because, you know, there's that history there, that's what makes it offensive. That's what it carries, it carries that with it. You know, the little things like this that people sort of don't realise is offensive, you know, and it's something that always get the old white ones that say it. You know, be like, oh, yeah, oh, good boy. Good boy. It's like, well, what are you calling me a boy for? Like, I'm not, you know, don't even know him. So that kind of stuff, you know, experiences like that, that's really, really, that triggers you know, because that's what my father was taught. That's what my grandfather and that taught at a late age, you know. And it's something that you just try and educate them. You know, most of the time it's it's well, it's people that are setting their ways in their, you know, 50s, 60s and, and that kind of stuff. So if they change, it's going to be a miracle. But, you know, like, you, you do your best you can. We'll flip this around a bit, Leon. We've got a stack of messages to you about your footy career. So we want to do that. But this has yep. obviously been a... Serious topic. So to finish part no, one, one you yeah, know, and we've loved it. So, but to finish part one, what do you want to say about Eddie Betts on his retirement? Um, oh, just a champion of the game. Um, just an amazing footballer to do what he's been able to do. I remember him when he first got drafted and come through. Um, you know, he, he probably thought himself that he wouldn't last this long or play this many games or have the impact he has. Um, but yeah, just a champion, champion footballer. Um, on field, he's done what he's done, and, and it speaks for itself. Um, but for myself, that that definitely takes a backseat to to the work he's done in not only bettering himself, but you know, educating people along the way, um, being at the forefront, and copping a lot of criticism for for standing up. Um, he's led the way in doing stuff that other people don't feel comfortable doing. Um, he's looked after so many so many people around him and people that aren't around him too. So just, just for him to do what he's been able to do and um, knowing him when he first got drafted and meeting him a few times and that, for the man he is today is just, yeah, just complete opposite. You know what I mean? Like to be able to grow and, and learn more about his culture and become more culturally strong and, and also have the confidence to stand up. I think, yeah, he's done something that generations before us have done. He's definitely carried the torch and something that I know him, his family, you know, from all over Australia, uh, will will appreciate, and he can definitely. You know, I hope he doesn't stop after he's finished playing footy. I think it's something that he'll continue, and whatever he goes into, I think he's going to be worth his weight in gold in in whatever area he moves into. But he'll continue to fight like we all do. Um, his fight played out in the media, in the public eye, like it would have been him. Um, so, but for him to do that, you know. That's, that's just all respect for him and, and his family. Um, yeah, it's amazing what he's been able to do and, and the amount of education he's been able to provide for for all of Australia, you know, not just Indigenous people, but non-Indigenous people as well. Um, they've been able to gain strength in him standing up to it. Um, you know, I'll always look at the um, people in the in the spotlight and, and high-profile people. Um, it's easy. It's easy for for them to to stand up because they're in the public eye, they've got that support network around them. 
but for him, I think he's he's given the strength to a lot of a lot of my people to to stand up where they wouldn't have been able to if he hadn't done what he's done. So um, I've got nothing but respect for him uh, to watch his career play out and what he's been able to do. Uh, it's been amazing to watch him. Um, he's kicked some not too bad goals along the way. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, Who do you think is a better goal kicker? Do you think you got him? Oh, it'll be. Oh, it'll come. It'll come down to a decider. But yeah. um, it got three goals a year. I should have had ten. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, he's um, yeah, he's a champion bloke, and you know, to like I said, to watch him start out and then to be, you know, who he is at the end of his career, it's it, it been able to have a front row seat to to a lot of highlights that you know, and a lot of enjoyment that he's given a lot of people and a lot of young footballers. So, but yeah, his cultural stuff that he's done. Um, yeah, he's still got a lot of learning to do. Um, in his family and that, but he's someone that, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be what he wants to be after footy. So you know, I think, I think it's been amazing what he's been able to do. Right. And uh, one more with the, the Tex Walker thing. What do you, what do you think? I don't even know what he said to be honest. But would you, what do you think his punishment should be? Do you think, would you, if you played at Adelaide, would you want to continue playing with him, or do you think you you couldn't play or just continue to educate him? Um, well, I actually don't even know what he said, but um, do you, would you be happy playing alongside him next year if you were Adelaide, or would you say, nah, we can't have him back? I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure what he said. I've heard a few things, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't. Yeah, haven't confirmed yeah, I, don't know. I can't speak yeah. on what he said. But um, yeah, just 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 being who he is, and 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 he's he's. The person he's around the football club, and what he, what he, what he was at the club, um, what he represented. Um, I think for mine, it's 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 just that, just that lack of education. Um, growing up, you know, I resorted to to just you know beating the shit out of people that said stuff like that as a kid and growing up. But really, after that, it was all about education and trying to educate people on on what um, why things are offensive the history beyond it and they sort of move away and have a better understanding. But in that case, I think where the game's at, you know, for, for something like that to happen from someone like that I was really disappointed. You know, first thing people say, and I think the coach got up, I think I've seen him say something about, you know, usually it's about education and not the lack there, the lack thereof. But, you know, that's what he said. He said they've been educated for years and years and years. So it's easy to, um, it's easy to be conscious and have make conscious effort not to, not to say something stupid or not to, you know, but really, if you're not educated, it's going to come out sooner or later, you know what I mean? Like, it's just who you are, you know what I mean? You can change in a certain room or, you know, you go to, you know, a function and you've got to act a certain way because you've got your Collingwood top on and you, you're representing the club, so you've got to act a certain way, you know. But really, in the end, you always resort back to your, your natural instincts and that kind of stuff. So, so for mine, it was disappointing. Um, I don't know, like, it, it'd, be, it'd be wrong for me to say that, you know, I wouldn't play with him. Um continue to play footy with him in that because you know it happened to me at the club and I, I stayed and educated that person and yeah. tried to try to you know try to do what I could to to explain to him for mine if I educate one person that person's got a mum a dad maybe some brothers maybe it's definitely got a group of friends that then they can go and educate so it's a ripple effect and it goes outwards you know what I mean to to try and educate people or get them passionate about learning more so it was really disappointing to hear him say that uh, I just hope he he, through this, he can learn from it and he can do what he needs to do to educate himself and, and then be a better person on the other side. But then moving forward, you know, 
calling out people that say stuff that, that, that that's wrong. And I think we see it in the in the crowds now and at the footy and that people sort of, you know, call it out when they see it or hear it. You know, and that's all that's all we need for, for people to to know that you know it's wrong. You know, it's wrong. Don't do it. You know, as simple as that. It's hurtful. No one no one's born racist. No one's born with it. No one's born to be a nasty person. It's something that you learn and taught within your environments and what what it is. You know, you're born in the 1900s. Slavery, all this stuff was normal. Mm. You know, you're born now. It's it's oh you 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 know you you'd kick up like an absolute stink because you see it. You know what I mean? People just know it's wrong. You know, so that's what it is. You know, no one's born a racist. It's something that you pick up along the way. So as long as you've got the education there and, and, and people can, can can learn from it, you know, I think we're going to be better off. And I've always said it like, it's an amazing country. We have the greatest country in the world. You know, and the when we start educating each other and we start moving forward together, then it's going to be even better. So, but for Tex, I think for mine, if he does the education and really, really wants to be passionate about it, and like that's reactionary, you know, now that he's done this, he's going to go away and do this and do that. Like, do it before something happens. So then it doesn't happen, you know, but we're sick and tired of, of having to educate people day in, day out. Like, I'm fucking tired of telling people, oh, that's offensive. This is why. Fucking get off your ass and go and educate yourself. Go and, you know, do it yourself. Don't wait for something to happen. Don't let me educate you. Go and find out yourself. Go and educate yourself. You know, be passionate about it because not only going to make you a better person it's going to make your family better it's going to make just it's just going to make you a better person full stop you know what i mean so, so and just because i just want to tie that in a bow given it's when he asked it uh, leon and we're assuming a couple of things here but assuming the text walker is completely contrite and he knows he's fucked up and is gutted but then serves his punishment do you think it's a, it's a it would be a good thing if he comes back to footy and then learns and uses his big name to, to tell others why it's just a complete fuck up and don't do that in the future. Yeah, I think regardless of footy, I think, yeah, like come back to footy or not, I think there's something he should do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like learn from that. And it might not be, it might not be, um, might not be hundreds of thousands of people that, you know, might follow him on Instagram or, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it might just be his family. It might just be direct, brothers and sisters, mum and dad, that he educates or they go out and educate themselves. Like, if he if he can help himself, he's going to be a better person moving forward. Um, if he doesn't, then it's up to him. But I think the football side of it will be a decision for him and, and Adelaide Football Club or whatever club, whatever other club picks him up if he's not there no more. But ultimately, it, it, you take it away from footy and you're just taking it away from just being a decent human. You know, to be a, a quality member of your community. You know what I mean? A quality person outside. Like, you know, I try and say good day to everyone I see, nod ahead or say hello or, you know, whatever else. And, you know, just to be a decent human being to, to, to try and get along, be happy. Like, there's too much. It's, it's too hard to be fucking angry and, and shitty every day of your life. Like, fuck, you know, lost. Got a few greys now, but, you know, I don't want any more. So, but I think, yeah, for tech, I hope, I hope he does. You know what? He, he's just got to do what he feels is right. Don't feel like you have to go out because of this, and the media's hounding him, and and everyone's looking at him, and he he, he fucked up because everyone else is telling me fucked up. You know what? If 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 he was to turn around and go, you know what? I don't reckon I did anything wrong. You know, and that's his opinion. You know what I mean? Well, that's what it is for him. You know what I mean, like for me, he fucked up and he said something where he's hurt someone. So to be a decent human being, you'd you'd make up for it, you'd apologise, but understand what you're apologizing for too 
You know yeah. what I mean? I think, I think for mine, you know, to go back to the to press conference with Eddie and, and the football club, you know, I think it's easy to, to go up and apologise for something because people tell you what's wrong. Actually, explain that I don't know what I did wrong. I don't, I don't know. Like what, what, I've got to find out what I did wrong first, you know, and then I'll apologise if that's what I want to do, you know. Like I think too often you make a mistake and people tell you it's wrong and your first reaction is, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then down the track you do the same fucking thing because you don't understand it. But go and understand exactly first and foremost what you've done, why you've offended people, why you've hurt people. Don't just take it off the back of other people telling you it hurt, hurt like, you know, it's hurtful. Go and do the research. Go and find out, well, I wonder why I actually offended you. I didn't think I did. Or just joking around or you know, just a joke. Like, I was just messing around. Like, you know, oh, I've got, a, I've got an Aboriginal mate and he's fine with it. Well, no, no, that doesn't cut it. You know what I mean? So go out and find out exactly what you said was offensive, the history behind it. And then when you do come out to apologise, it's, it's meaningful. You actually know what you're apologising for. You know you fucked up. You know what mistake you made. You know, so for mine, that, that, that's a big one. Um, understanding what you're apologising for is first and foremost what you need to do. So, but hopefully, yeah, I hope he turns it around. I hope he's he, former captain of the club. I go, oh, you, oh, I enjoy watching him play. Like, he's a big lad that, you know, when, he, when he's on, he's on. And, you know, I've always enjoyed watching him play footy and that. So, hopefully, he can get this off-field stuff, you know, he's on field as well. But hopefully, we can get it all together. And, you know, if he, if he is fortunate enough and he decides he wants to come back and someone picks him up, I think, yeah, I think good luck to him. So, but, yeah, he obviously needs to educate himself and, and be passionate about it, not be told to and, and be reactionary. Go off your own back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 